This is the Percent Podcast with your host, Percent founder and CEO, Nelson Chu. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Nelson Chu, founder and CEO of Percent. Uh, thank you all for tuning into our podcast series where we talk with some of our team members and share more about the insights of what goes on behind the scenes at uh, the Percent platform. I'm joined today by one of our product managers, uh, Luis Mejia. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course, Nelson. Happy to be here. So for those who don't know how uh, building a product works, uh, why don't you talk through a day in the life of a product manager to start? Yeah, so, you know, basically we, we'll have a roadmap, which is a, this was sort of the task that we're going to do. A lot of these will come from, you know, from you, Nelson, or from, you know, some ideas will come from actual investors. So we'll actually pace those out. Um, and then from the product side, you know, people really don't, I would say, typically understand what we do. But what we basically do, I like to boil it down and say that we basically figure out what the engineers are going to build, and then we give them instructions on how to build it. So in a typical day, if I'm working on what we call like working on requirements, basically I'm putting together a list of the features and how they should work for a specific, you know, new feature on the site or something like that. And then we'll work on wireframes, which is basically like a initial design of what it's eventually going to look like. And usually we'll work in tandem with the designer to actually get what we call a high fidelity mock of the same concept. And then once we've got the requirements down, we'll actually work with the engineers to, to implement these new features. And we do a lot of the testing as well. Once they've actually got something up on one of our testing environments, we'll go through, we'll figure out if it's working properly. And if not, we'll give the feedback and then we launch a feature. That's a very short way of putting together sort of the life cycle of a, of a new feature. There's a lot more that goes into it, but yeah, I would basically boil it down to that. So you're the one that cracks the whip and makes sure that things get delivered on time. We, we try, we try. That's awesome. Uh, and you've joined coming up on a couple months now, right? At this point, yeah, uh, and you've seen months. a lot of, yeah, exactly. Uh, you've seen a lot of evolution of the products in the time that you've been here, but this is not new to you at the very least. Uh, you've, you've come from a product management background, but also you come from a traditional finance background. So I majored in economics in, in college uh, and I was looking for you know, a high paying job right out of college. Um, and I, Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah, strange to think, right? Um, so, you know, I landed in investment banking, which is pretty common for people who went to my college. I enjoyed it to a certain degree. I, you know, it, it, it gets a bad rap as having really bad hours and it is true, but, but I enjoyed it enough, but I started after, you know, a couple of years of just feeling like I wanted to create something more tangible with my work. Investment banking, a lot of the time, you know, you're making models for clients or you're, you're making pitch decks to pitch clients, but you're not really like, I would say creating anything. So I started hunting around for other jobs and uh, I landed in product because a recruiter from this company called Smart Asset actually reached out to me asking if I was interested. Smart Asset specifically recruited product managers from banking and consulting backgrounds. So I thought, you know, th this seems pretty interesting. I interviewed, I really liked the team. And the more I sort of researched what the role would be, the more it seemed to me like it was a perfect fit for what I was looking for in a future role. I would really get to create like a tangible product, something that I could like point to and be like, I helped build this thing. So I went ahead and made the jump. I start, joined Smart Asset as a product analyst. And about a year and a half in, I got promoted to product manager. Um, and I had a really good time there. I made great friends. Uh, I got to work on pretty cool projects. And then after about three years that I was there, the company grew really big and I started getting really focused on sort of the growth aspect of the product. It was basically like a lead generation engine for financial advisors. 
and I, I felt that I needed sort of a more broad experience really to grow my career and just out of personal interest as well. And I also really missed sort of the aspects of the smaller company that I had joined at first. You know, when I joined Smart Asset, it was probably around 40 people. And when I left, it was, you know, over 150, a lot of salespeople. So it really grown into a much bigger company by then. And I really missed the smaller company. So I started looking around again and I found Percent and you know, it was a small company. It seemed like a very cool product. Obviously, having come from banking, I know how much room there is for automation and technology in that space. I met with Gary, who's my boss, and he seemed awesome. The rest of the team seemed great. And it was kind of a no brainer from there. So is the rule that we can't get too big? Is that the plan? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but that's great. I mean, it was a big part of why we wanted you to wanted you here as well, because that traditional banking background goes such a long way towards understanding what we do, because it is very nuanced, very complex, and the learning curve uh, is significantly less if you have that background. And so your resume stood out very clearly as having that plus the product management background. It was like a win on all fronts. For those who don't know, uh, what is the difference between a product manager versus an engineering team uh, and sort of the responsibilities that go into each of them? Yeah, so an engineering team, I would say, they're quite literally like building the site. So they're actually like writing up the code uh, that drives the application or the site or whatever it is you're building. Product managers, on the other hand, we basically figure out what the application should look like, how it should work. And then we translate that into something that is readable to the engineers for them to actually implement and build it. Uh, they work in tandem. They're like two peas in a pod and they always need to be on the same page. That's probably the best, best way to look at it. There's a lot that the people who are listening in uh, will see, right? So when they go to our website, they'll see the investor facing platform. They'll see the ability to make investments, which you work on pretty regularly in terms of finessing and, and improving. Uh, but what goes on behind the scenes? Because there are so many other products that we're working on uh, that are equally as impactful and help make our lives easier. Talk a little bit more about the technology uh, that powers what investors see on the front-facing side. You know, investors are really just looking at one of our three platforms, uh, and that's the retail platform. So we actually have a platform that we call Admin, which is basically where we can internally control all of, you know, a lot of these sort of deal aspects, investments, uh, confirm or deny investments where we actually build the book. So we have technology that helps us do that. In traditional banking, this is all done on like Excel spreadsheets all the time. We started Excel spreadsheets too. So yeah. we've just evolved Excel ourselves faster. So we're building as we work. You know, we didn't want to start with nothing and just build from there. So yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, that's sort of our internal control. And we also have another platform, which is called Sync, which is meant for originators to actually come on uh, be onboarded and request deals. And we're actually putting a, quite a lot of emphasis into uh, improving that experience as well. Fantastic. And talk a little bit more about that, uh, because in the traditional banking world, uh, like you mentioned, there's not really a lot of technology, right? So you're using Excel spreadsheets, you're having emails fly back and forth. What's the relationship between Sync and admin and investors that makes all this entire process work seamlessly on our side to make our lives that much easier and be able to deliver more for our investors as the end result? Yeah, exactly. So on Sync in particular, this is a perfect place for originators to, to get onboarded and they can complete a lot of those sort of manual compliance work on the platform as well. They can fill out compliance questionnaires and we're working on automating many more features, but basically make yeah, a lot of this work that was purely manual and you know some analyst was spending a lot of time uh, working on basically automating those features. 
Is there any project that you're working on specifically that is the most interesting for you, that you're the most passionate about? Obviously, you mentioned there are three different platforms. Is one of them uh, stand out to you as the one that um, you enjoy working on the most? Yeah, I would say, you know, I think they're all interesting in their own way. But I think the retail application is the most interesting to me, just because it's really the most consumer facing. It sort of tracks with what my experience was at Smart Asset as well, because we were basically working with just with retail investors, with everyday investors. Um, and I think, you know, it, it is the most functional of the three platforms right now. Um, and sort of the, the big projects that I've worked on while I'm here, the first of which was eSign, uh, we've have really been on that platform and have really made not only investors' lives easier, they don't have to deal with a million emails and DocuSign anymore, but it also makes our lives easier. Uh, so it's been really, really cool to work on those sort of projects. And that platform is ever-changing, and we're constantly taking in feedback. Pablo was on the podcast last time talking through customer success. Him and Eric are on the front lines taking in and capturing all the insights from our investors, which we value incredibly well, uh, because that's really what drives our product roadmap, like you had mentioned. So how do you and Gary work together to take in the feedback from Pablo and Eric and prioritize uh, which we, what we deliver and when? Yeah, of course. So Pablo and Eric will actually give the feedback every single week in our Monday morning meeting. Typically, we'll take that and we actually have a follow-up meeting right after that with the operations team as well, where we'll discuss this feedback a bit more in depth and get other requests from people on the operations team or from feedback they have heard from actual investors. So we'll, we'll sort of take that feedback and then, yeah, we'll have to prioritize against sort of the longer term initiatives that we're working on. And it's really sort of a we, we try to figure out what the expected return is on each of these features and whether it's worth potentially delaying a longer term initiative for a UX improvement. Obviously, if it's, you know, a completely occasion breaking bug, you know, someone can't invest, not that this has happened, that would be first priority and we would start working on that immediately. But if it's something that's just going to make investors lives easier, then yeah, we have to weigh it against the longer term. But typically, if it's going to make people's lives a lot easier who are using our application, uh, we'll try to get to it pretty quickly. You bring up a great point, uh, which is that we have a Monday meeting that outlines all of these features. Uh, that list has gotten very, very lengthy. We do track feedback uh, that gets given to us and provided, uh, and we bucket them together. Uh, many, many people ask for the same things, right? We want to make sure that if so many people are asking for it, uh, we do end up bringing it and bubbling up to the top uh, so we can actually take care of it and address it with uh, that many people who are interested in having it. Uh, so what's one of the features that you had worked on that clients and investors were asking for that you're the proudest of? I mentioned it earlier. I think it's eSign. You know, it's the first thing I started working on when I got here. Uh, but from what you got, I, your, you got thrown to fire. If that's, yeah. the case. that's a difficult project for sure. Yeah, I think um, and some groundwork had been done. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going in completely blind. Um, but I'm really proud of that because, you know, from one, from what I had heard, uh, it was something that investors really, really wanted. Um, kept asking about so you know it's it's just it makes me happy to work on something that actually made the experience so much better for everyday users of the application and two it was just it was cool technology to work on we basically recreated DocuSign within our own platform and it made people's lives easier and it also made our lives easier on the internal side you know dealing with DocuSign is a pain for investors but it's a pain for us as well we didn't want to have to email the entire book every time we ran a deal what are you working on coming up uh, just to give our listeners a little bit of insight into what to expect that investors would be able to get the benefit of uh, in the coming months? Yes. Um, so we should be releasing this relatively soon, but we are working on an improved 
uh, withdrawn deposit workflow. If you're putting money into the Percent platform and bringing it out, that's going to be an improved experience. Right now, it's it's just a button that brings up a little modal. It, it looks kind of old-fashioned, so we're going to make it look a lot nicer, and it's, it's just going to work better. The impetus for this was also we were basically based on some changes that Plaid, who's our sort of banking connection provider, based on some changes to their platform, we had to re-implement ours as well. So we took that opportunity to go out and improve the experience as well when it comes to withdrawing and depositing. That's awesome. Before we wrap up, uh, is there anything that you want our listeners and investors to know about Percent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I and everyone at this company really believes in it. Um, and I, we're really trying to make this a great investing experience for the actual retail investors that come in and use the application. It's one of our main focuses. And, you know, the investments are attractive enough on their own. We're just trying to make it a great experience, too. Perfect. Thank you so much, Luis, for joining us today and sharing your thoughts and what you do every day with our listeners. I'm sure they're very intrigued about what uh, powers everything that goes on behind the scenes and making this platform improve every day. I'm looking forward to having uh, more team members join and sharing their insights around what they do and how we're looking to constantly improve our platform and our experience every single day. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast, Nelson. We'll have more coming up in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Percent Podcast. Visit us at mypercent.com. See you again soon.